0: Welcome to the Smith and Rowland Show. Let's join our host, Alan Smith and Jeff Rowland.
1: Welcome everybody to the Smith and Rowland Show. Welcome, Good afternoon. We, we have Mr. Good
0: afternoon. Mr. Pastor Jeff Rowland and
1: Daddy Pete.
2: Hello, hello, hello.
0: And Mr. Pastor Pastor Jason Ball. Nope.
2: Wrong title. Nope. Well, you, wrong we title. could do a
0: podcast on that because I believe you are an elder. Yeah,
2: that's right. He is.
0: Therefore he's mm-hmm. a pastor. He's a pastor.
2: That's, that's right. the way that works. Yeah, that's exactly the way it works. Yeah, and
0: unfortunately you, <laughs> you accepted the position. Well guys, Whoa. did you have
2: a good time today? Today's the last day. Everybody uh, have a good Christmas? Day. Well I, Good good holiday. Good holiday. Good Christmas. Well I did. I can say it's been good. I thought it was really good.
0: I had a great Christmas. And we had a great time at church today. Did y'all have a great service? It was super good.
1: I thought we did. It's pretty good.
0: I thought it was really good.
1: Uh, Daddy Pete brought the word for the new year. Good deal. What was word your word for, for the, the new, new year? year?
0: What was your word for the new year?
1: It was... Focus not on Japheth, but on
0: Jesus. Man. And God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a
2: lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's focus on Jesus, not the storm. Yeah, that's good. That's what I... That's good. Yeah, it was really good. I told them a little story, and then... Kind of took them into some scripture. It was good. It, I think it translated okay. Seemed like it did. It was That's a because there was a lot. There's a lot. That I think going to be happening this coming year. It's election year. My goodness, it's going to be. I think a pretty could be a pretty stormy year. Uh, but the my message was was about don't you know it's not about the storm. Yeah, it's not about the storms of life. It's about how much do we trust in Jesus. You know, during the storm. So I think we're looking at. We could potentially could have the makings of a pretty rough year ahead. uh, We might even could call it the perfect storm upon us. (laughs) What do you see coming? Well, with election year and here, listen, I don't know if anybody heard it, but I sent you and Jason a little clip on Putin. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. That was right. Mm -hmm. Eye opening. Uh, How was it? He said that. Well, he was just talking
0: about what they're doing with Trump Mm -hmm. and uh, Putin was glad that the American people was seeing this that right. it was the persecution of one political rival
2: mm-hmm.
0: and the, he was calling it what it was I mean yeah he basically just said what was happening and then said see there say, say, they say, this is our
2: example of democracy <laughs> yeah, to right. the world exactly yeah and he said it's playing out in front of of American, of the American people, people. Yeah. of how one political side but the is unfortunate thing him.
0: that I do disagree with Putin on concerning that is that that implies that the
2: American people are going to see in yeah, reality what's happening and they're not. And we're so. afraid that, well, I think a lot do, but it's obvious that there's some that still do not. But I'll be, I mean, I just, you know, whatever. I, it's, yeah. it's disgusting to me.
0: So you see in the coming year some political storms I think because brewing? because of the
2: political unrest. I mean, come on, guys. It's much money. I mean, the United States is spending, I don't know. Time and a half more money than we're taking in every year.
0: Yeah. I had the numbers so, on that earlier yeah, this week too. Uh, as to what we It's about. amazing
2: how much more we're spending than yeah. we're taking in. So um and and forget about paying back debt. So it's almost past the point of even being a possibility. We
0: have entered in as a nation to the point where we're borrowing money to just service the debt. Mm. That is to pay when the media says uh, servicing the debt. That means paying the interest. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean paying anything on the principal. So we're borrowing money so that to pay the interest on the money that we that ought, have already bought. got
2: to be a train wreck. And even before the train wreck, it has to have some repercussions somewhere.
0: So by that, you're thinking that in the coming year,
2: there's also going to be some economic things. I think there's going to, to be happen. some economic things, just because out of any great prophecy on my part, it's just that looking at the numbers, I cannot imagine it not happening mm-hmm. if we don't get a change, you know, at the, uh, AM this November. I don't know. I mean, God can do anything, but to me, it's not looking, it's not looking good.
0: What do you see in um, 24 about the, uh- wars that's going on now well, like, like the, russian ukraine right. and,
2: well, what, what you see the way it looks to me is in any of these storms we'll call them of life that uh, we have things that actually play out but then we also have the christian in the midst of the storm so if we keep our eyes on jesus i think he can navigate us all through the storm i'm not saying it won't affect us some but we can navigate through it so mm-hmm. For the Christian, for the believer, I think there's no reason why we should not survive the storms that are ahead. Yeah, but it's not to say that there aren't some storms ahead, Mm -hmm. because it's um, biblically wars and rumors of wars, and I know, I mean, war for certain parts always been with us. But for the days that we're of evil that we're seeing, (coughs) I'm still persuaded that if the people of God, we like to work off of a majority in the United States, so we can at least hopefully elect some some representatives that will be pro-Christian or pro at least moral values. But still, God doesn't necessarily always have to have the majority. And uh, so I, I don't know. I just I have to run on the side of, of I'm always for redemption. I'm always for restoration. I'm always for restoring. I don't care if it's an individual, a country. Uh, because the message of the gospel is about that so I find myself always landing there but I, I don't want to be ignorant either I believe that I believe there's I believe it's going to be a pretty tough year if you have um,
0: the election cycle coming up this year the storms has already developed as yeah. far as you know, Trump's got 91 Mm -hmm. counts against him. Mm -hmm. He's still the leader of the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. Kennedy is getting all of his petitions together to get on the general ballot. He's not Mm -hmm. having any trouble, by the way. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have a three-pronged race, and there's going to be some fallout to that without any doubt. I agree Mm -hmm. with you. I think the economy—I do believe this. In 24. there is the possibility—I'm not saying this is going to happen, but there's the possibility of conflating the issue of— Military storms and Mm -hmm. economic storms, because this is intriguing to me. China's already said that the reunification of Taiwan is inevitable. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen, according to what the president of China has told Mm -hmm. our president. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to uh, stand with Taiwan, or at Mm -hmm. least that's been our allegiance over a number of years. It's going to be real difficult for us to continue to borrow money from China to pay the interest on the money we already owe China. Right. And stand against China in this conflict. And especially that's the same time. Yeah.
2: I think that's going to be pretty tough. Well, that's plus we need call. the chips from China so we can make our planes fly <laughs> or our cars run. Which yeah. is why they want Taiwan. That's by right. Way. <laughs> Everybody wants Taiwan. <laughs> so I think if we're looking at a pretty rough year myself. Uh, that's just on that front. Too. That's on that front. How do you see it in the in the, in the um,
0: far as the body of Christ, the church? Do well, you see they get
2: in twenty four. I mean, what it looks to me is that we're, we have the same challenge this uh, coming New Year's we had last New Year, and our challenge is to grow closer to Christ. Yeah, to survive this coming year, that's our challenge. Yeah. And as Christians, we tend to want to not move closer to God, not be more Christ-like. We tend to think where well, where I'm at's good, not understanding no where we are now it's not it's it got us to here, but it's not going to take us where we need to go. Yeah. I think there's a lot about Jesus we don't know yet, Jeff. Yeah, I think there's a lot to know. I think there's a whole lot and to learn about Christ, who who is Christ. Yeah, who is His Christ? So I think there's a lot of benefits that we're leaving on the table because we don't understand what the heck we're doing. And so hopefully, I'm I'm hoping and have great hope. Uh, That the church and God's people, as we move closer to God, as we the the term would be more godly, I guess, more holy, godly, if you will. Uh, I guess that's a bad term to some people. I don't think we'll reach the point of perfection, but I do think we can do better every year. (laughs) I'd like to think that. You see, Jeff, just like in the the reason what happened to the Jews in Germany, the biggest problem. Was that the pastors would not preach the truth? They preached a replacement type theology, uh, so basically they didn't stand up for the Jew, but they were basically against them just by being silent. So I think the silence of how in the world can a preacher preach if the word of God's considered to be a sword and somebody's feelings not get hurt? Yeah, I mean I'm just I'm thinking where we're headed. is going to take more a direct preaching of the word of God. I'm all about the love of God, but the love of God tells you the truth. And I'm, I'm really, I don't think uh, this, uh, you know, a gospel that's uh, socially correct or acceptable is working for us. So if preachers will start preaching the word of God then that way, I mean, it's going to offend somebody, it's going to cut somebody, it's going to cut you, it's going to hurt your feelings, I think we've reached a time, if the Word of God doesn't, I'm not too sure that the pastor's up to speed. I'm not saying he has to do it every time he stands up, but every other time would be helpful. I just don't know how you can do it and because of where we are. So I think we're headed for some great challenges. I think the preachers are being challenged by society and by God more now than they've ever been. Uh, That's the reason I'm glad I'm I'm a farmer. And I'm a truck driver. And... uh, and jason's a preacher and jason's a uh, pastor yeah so anyway i believe that I mean, there's a lot, a lot of challenges of responsibility on his shoulders it is, there is but there's a lot in front of us this year i think jeff I really no do. i believe that too
0: in in the sense of what you're talking about we that's kind of where we was at today at church mm-hmm. in the teaching early this morning I, we was talking about do we take the bible at what it says mm-hmm. did god say what he meant is it literal that sort of thing. It's a big question. Mm-hmm. It's um, when you're talking about the end times. I know everybody gets kind of tired of talking about the end times. The problem is, is we're living in the end times. Mm-hmm. So I don't, you know, there's kind of nothing left. We just um, start saying we're so, living in you know, a we're living in a big time.
1: Why don't you just start saying we're we're doing talk about current news and it's the end times. It is the end times. You know, <laughs> no, it's just current. Well, we were
0: talking about that this morning, and we were talking about the difference in the literal word of God or. Is it of private interpretation, which becomes symbolic in every... Like for an allegory. Right. So we talked a little bit about the differences there. Then in the second service, there was five people up Mm -hmm. standing up there and didn't know they were going to be standing up there. And they were standing up there to say from themselves, what did they feel like God was speaking to them for the coming year? Mm -hmm. All five of them, I mean, the string was just interwoven Mm -hmm. between all of them. It all just kind of harmonized together around what you just said that we need to be bold in this year because Mm -hmm. there is coming Mm -hmm. things in this year i don't i think the like of which we've never seen before Mm -hmm. i I do i believe that i don't think i was having lunch with a guy after church today that i've known since he was a teenager he's a preacher loves god him and his wife are precious they're precious i ate lunch with him today and i was telling him when we get to the end of this year if we get to the end Mm -hmm. of this year. When we get there and look back, it ain't gonna look nothing like it looks like today. That's right. It's gonna be totally different, both on a good side and a bad side.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I believe it. I, th- I honestly believe that the coming disasters—if you can if you use that mm-hmm. word—it may sound dramatic, or I don't mean it to be that way. I'm the, but mm-hmm. from my heart, I do believe that there is coming disasters in our society.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There's coming disasters in our nation in our economy, mm-hmm. with our political system. There's all these disasters that's looming. And then globally, whether people want to recognize it or not, it's not that we're anymore facing the threat of world war. We're in it. But with all of that said, to the people of God that's genuinely seeking Christ, and I think this year is going to begin mm-hmm. to make the division, for lack of a better word, between those that are genuinely seeking Christ and those that are that are not. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, that that's something that we can look forward in the coming year that I believe is going to happen. But that being said, I think that just to the extent of the disasters that are looming out there in 24 is to the extent of the revival that is out there in 24. Mm. I believe that there will be a segment of the body of Christ that's going to come alive.
1: Mm. One thing I really... That when I read Alan's title to his message this morning, the thing that kind of come to mind was, you know, we can't, we can't do, like, there's so much in this, like, we can't do anything about it. So we can go vote. We can go, we can go do all these things and we can be in, we can be informed about, you know, what's going on in the world, but we can't do anything about it outside of prayer. But the one thing we can do is focus on Christ. Yeah. That's the one thing we can do, mm-hmm. and that's the one thing that can drastically change what's going on in our own lives. Mm-hmm. That has a very base level; mm-hmm. it can change things in your life. It's foundationally changing. Yes. Where, yeah. like I said, I, I think you need to be informed, and you should do all your civic duties and be yeah. and do be, all that. Be but engaged. The, we can't do anything about it. At the end of the day, we can't. There's nothing that we can do. Mm-hmm. We can't do anything about a war in Israel. We can't do anything about any of this stuff. The only thing that can really keep us grounded is Christ. Mm -hmm. I do think prayer can change Mm -hmm. the dynamic of things. But isn't it so easy to focus on all the other things that we can't do anything about?
0: It's so easy to focus. It's so easy to get hung up on it. Let me throw this out there to get you to comment, both of you to comment on this. This can go into a, a deep level of, but think about it, literally everything in our lives we can't do anything about. Without God, nothing can be done about anything. But with God, all things are possible. And I'm I'm curious even like you mentioned the war in Israel. What would the war have in Israel have been like had there not been 5 million Christians gathered around the thought of prayer
2: for Israel. Chatting with Mike Becker.
0: Yeah, I'm just saying what would it have
2: been been like.
0: So in in essence of we can't do anything about it, it may be true, but Prayer does change mm-hmm. things. Of course it does. And so in that call, if you will, or, or however you want to view that, if we're called to prayer over these issues, can that change the issues? Uh, that's a question. I think it's a legitimate question that
2: can be debated. Well, there's also something else to consider, In unity is a word of the Spirit. Which we tend to not understand well. Now you can take one draft horse, for instance, and it can pull about eight thousand pounds, which is a lot of weight. One big draft horse pull about eight thousand pounds. Two draft horses put together can pull about twenty-eight thousand pounds. Now you'd think they'd pull sixteen thousand pounds. Yeah, it's about three, a little over three times. Mm-hmm and it's, and you can and that's reason you used to hook teams of horses together. Yeah. is because a team of horses can pull more than one individual horse times ever how many horses you've got. Mm-hmm. And the truth is they don't really know why. Yeah. <laughs> they just yeah. they don't really know why. But it's the same way in things of the spirit, I think. As a congregation or as a group praying together versus one person praying. Yeah. And to to cite what Jason's saying there, it, It does seem like we can pull so much as one person. But I think that's where it's important. You know, it's inherited in humanity to be in a community. Uh, Jason, you were Mm -hmm. talking about that earlier, that uh, we would be in, uh, like with church, it's a community of believers. And I think what we fail to be reminded, we need to be reminded, is we can pull more as a group than we can with one person. Without a doubt. And so ever how that you any, mm-hmm. ever how you want to put that out there, I, yeah. I, I don't know. But there's a yeah, there's strength in numbers. There's strength there's in no, numbers for some, and there's some type of multiplication that happens uh, spiritually. So anyway, I just throw that out well, there also. And, okay, in terms
0: of that, I was uh, listening to a teaching this past week. The question was, it was kind of centered around the idea of the sovereignty of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, if God's sovereign. Mm-hmm. And this world is going mm-hmm. to collapse. Is there any need to pray? That was the question. That's on the on, That's a very along,
1: fatalist mentality. Well,
0: it, it is a fatalist mentality. But understanding that from the concept of the sovereignty of God, it was a genuine heartfelt question. Mm-hmm. So the answer came I'm not saying I agree or disagree with the question, the premise of the question mm-hmm. or anything else. I'm just giving you one. What What's a heard. legitimate question? Yeah. The answer came was does prayer change the mind of God? Now, from a perspective of someone steeped in the sovereign supremacy of God, that sort of thing, the answer came from the teacher, no, it doesn't change the mind of God, because he's sovereign. Then you go on with that line of thought, and the, qu- the question became, well, then why pray? If it doesn't change the mind of God, now whether you agree or disagree that it changes the mind of God, I think mm-hmm. you can debate that issue too, mm-hmm. because there's scriptural evidence that God changed His mind mm-hmm. yeah. uh, in the Old Testament. But I'm I'm saying that what a lot of people believe in in certain segments of the body of Christ, there mm-hmm. is a it's bigger than our world. Well, some that people. believes
1: that. There's some people that's uh, just wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah. But my, <laughs> my, my here's my here's Good my boy, question. Guys. But here's my question. We have seen. The evidence of prayer changing things. Mm-hmm. The guy who answered the question said, no, it doesn't change the mind of God, but prayer does change things. Now, I don't know how he kind of dissected all that in his mind, but it's a debatable question. And I think it's a question that's on the minds of a lot of people as well, because we preach that Jesus is coming back soon, and the Word of God teaches us that things are going to get worse and worse and worse until the return of Christ in the middle of the air. So if things are going to get worse and worse and worse and worse, and we live in these last days, why pray? That is the way that a lot of people feel.
1: Well, before we dig into that, we have a couple, few comments here on, on YouTube. I think a lot of people are finding the shorts and then finding the channel. And we've got uh, some people here today. We have Evan with Radio Made Easy. It says, great meeting you today, Alan. Hmm. Alan must have made an impression. That's right. Well, good, Alan. And um, we have Shan. Uh, He said, or they say, I'm not sure if it's a male or female. It says, hi, I'm from Australia. You have come up in my feed. And he goes on to, or they go on to say, I'm enjoying listening. You are so right about Christian prayer changes situations. Seen it so many times in my life. What about Moses interceding for the Israelites through prayer?
0: Exactly, exactly, which is That's a good point. It's, well, it's it's an excellent point. It yeah. goes to the Bible nature of what we're talking about, mm-hmm. is that God did change his mind. Moses told the Lord, you know, if you're not going to uh, save this people, mm-hmm. then just block my name out of your book. We yeah. know the argument that was going on wasn't an argument, mm-hmm. but God was going to destroy the nation of Israel. Moses prayed, mm-hmm. and God stayed his hand. We do know that God changed his mind, and prayer changes things. To the point, it brings me to ask this question to get you to comment on, is in the coming year, Mm -hmm. if what we're sensing is right, it would be hard to sense anything else. It's not even prophetic to say this. What we are facing in 24 is going to be on the level of, and at the end of 23, it's already been on the level of, things we've never experienced before, globally and as a nation. Don't you think that prayer
2: can alter the course of those things? Well, I'd have to to believe so, I, I think sometimes, test what I say, I think sometimes we assume a little too much of what God's thinking is, because it's like I've said before in Desert Storm, whether we're proud of it or not, it still happened. But in Desert Storm, a Schwarzkopf, they say he had plotted out, I forget how many days it lasted, but he had plotted out, I think they said he missed the ending of Desert Storm by three hours. Mm-hmm. He had it so diagrammed out plotted out will be here 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 and here's when it's over they claimed he was very upset he missed it by like three hours now the truth is Was his he, first name trevor <laughs> it might be <laughs> it says that he knew the start of it and he knew the ending of it and uh, but he did not know on the first second third day who would turn a jeep over who would hit a landmine who would be blown yeah. up swarskopf did not know those things now I'm not saying God maybe d- d- didn't know a lot of things, but I don't think a lot of things are written yet. I, and, agree. And, and, I totally you know, agree. I really don't I think, totally I think agree God in his sovereignty has turned it loose. It's obviously turned us loose. Yeah. Now, what was he thinking? But yeah. nonetheless, he turned mm. mankind loose to make our own decisions. Uh, so I have to ask you the question, can your mind be changed? Well, uh, of course it can. Absolutely. And, and and so knowing that people's minds can be changed and knowing that God's can But I think sometimes we read too much into the day. We think Mm -hmm. that it's been written. So we're all a bunch of robots. God's in in heaven. He said this this is the way the world's going to act today is wrong. I don't think that's true. I think everybody has a choice on how they're acting upon the planet. Now, you can write it down as history after that day passes, but the next day's a new day. Mm -hmm. And I don't think God's up there in heaven pulling everybody's string, telling everybody to sin or not sin or yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's really the way this thing goes. If that's true... I think what prayer does well, some somehow or another prayer does something in the spiritual realm. I do think and believe. An example: if you're a uh, if you believe in amillennialism, you believe that the millennial is running is up and running now. If you think we're living in the millennial, you think it's all an allegory. It's not a reality. So if that being the case, if the millennial is up and up and running now. And I know that in the millennial reign, according to the book, that Satan's gonna be bound for a thousand years, which is a millennial. If I know Satan's gonna be bound in a millennial reign, who the heck's causing us all this grief out here? <laughs> Somebody's gotta give me yeah. some explanations here. Yeah. <laughs> so so therefore my argument is there this that our millennialism is dangerous. Yeah. My point is this I believe the enemy's real. The spiritual world is real. Prayer has something to do with change in spiritual warfare, spiritual battle, has something to do with the angels, has something to do with us engaging with God. What if we are all that God has to work with in having his presence on the earth? I know that somebody's mm-hmm. going to get me for this, but poor, poor God. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now, what, what if we are his true agents? What if we are what God's got to work with? And over half of them don't even believe in the book. Most, over half of Christendom today believes in all, mm. that the book's mostly an allegory. Yeah, more than half. More, more, more than half. I made this little statement uh, this morning, Jeff, to, just as a side note. I said this, um, the dispensational teachers brought back a more literal interpretation of the word other we know that it was all allegor is like an allegory. Now this guy, origin of Alexandria, was his I name. talked about him this morning. Did you really? Yeah. Him and Augustine. Okay, Augustine of Hippo. Yeah. All right, those guys are the ones that brought allegory. Yeah. To the stri- scriptures, Augustine of Hippo. He was an amillennialist. And, He's yeah, a ways and one he that, got it from origin. From origin, writings. From, he got hmm. it from origin's writings. Yeah. and so. But then you got the Roman Catholic Church came up dear in Augusta of Hippa in that era, in his time, yeah. that he was into amillennialism. And so, therefore, the Roman Catholic Church today is basically they're they're amillennialist.
0: Uh, to Council of Nicaea, decisions had to be made. That's right. In the first century... Augustine and Origen came up with that I think for self-preservation reasons they'd have been killed sure, had sure. they have taught a
2: pre-millennialist point oh, of view correct but um, still that's where the whole Christendom came from yeah. Christendom turned and that was because of Catholicism when you got to the Reformation they didn't even though we had truth being, re, being recovered they still didn't address this problem with all millennialism no, no. It, was, it was just not, it was not dealt with now when you come along with Darby and some of the dispensationalists what happened with those guys was they said wait a minute we believe the scripture is more literal you got to get away from some of these allegories so why are you and I basically dispensational it's because if you there's a lot of people listening to us today Jeff that like to believe in the literal application of scripture. Well that comes from a dispensational mindset, whether you know it or not, well, they know it. The dispensationalists know. are the ones who recaptured well, that's right. the literal That's right uh, literal uh, interpretation of the scripture. Yeah. Now I want to go as far as say this the Pentecostal and charismatic preachers brought back the Holy Spirit spirit and the gifts as literal again. Mm-hmm. But they're off off of the shoes of the dispensational. The dispensational said this is literal. Then you got the Pentecostal movement. Then you got the charismatic movement. And they're they're coming and say, whoa, 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 the Holy Spirit stuff's more literal too. So I submit to you, I think the dispensational movement progressed into the Pentecostal movement, the charismatic movement, and whether charismatics are and those, all of those understand it or not. And today, a lot of them are against the dispensational movement, not knowing they were birthed out of it. That's where they come from. That's their heritage. Well, read your Ryrie study Bible. Absolutely. I mean, all of that was, they don't understand. That's right. You came off of this idea of God showing us, no, take all this stuff more literal. That's right. So dispensational, whether you like it or not, Pentecostal, charismatic, same same. Here same same. And I didn't know you
0: was preaching on that today. I, I know you did, but, but I yeah. um, I talked about all millennialism, postmillennialism, and premillennialism. Mm-hmm. Covenant theology, for the most part, not always, but for the most part, they are <coughs> all millennialists. Yes. Which is ironic because they're denying the covenants. But nonetheless, that's a different thing. Postmillennialism. Believes in a kingdom, but that it's already happened. We're living in it now. Mm -hmm. Premillennial believes in the return of Christ before Mm -hmm. the kingdom. And the difference is, you either take the scriptures literally or you symbolize them. Mm -hmm. If you symbolize scripture, you fall into this trap of getting the verse of the day and what is it saying to me? And really, that has nothing to do with nothing. Mm -hmm. People put a lot of weight into that. But what we really need to do is find out what does the word of God, what did God mean when he said this? Mm -hmm. What does God mean by this? If we get the author's intent and the understanding of that, that's what will change our lives.
2: Yes, of course I was,
0: And that's that's hard. That takes work. Mm -hmm. That takes study. Not just reading, but studying. Because the design of the Word, the reason that I take the Word of God literally is because it's so accurate. Mm -hmm. and to study every little nuance of how it's designed and laid out. Every number is in its place. Everything is in its place by design, and it has to be by design. It was written by over 40 authors over the span of, what, 2,000 years, Mm -hmm. and as it was put together, the Word of God is intricately designed and interwoven that it had to have been by divine origin of course, that is. put it together. We've run around the trail mm-hmm. here, but let me just get back to this one thing because I want to say this. The issue of the sovereignty of God in prayer. If God is sovereign, then why pray? Here's the thing that I want to say. We are praying from the dimension of time, mm-hmm. and we're looking at the end times. We believe that the rapture of the church takes place before the tribulation starts. It is a an event that has no signs preceding it, mm-hmm. right? Right. Therefore... We don't have to be in a mess on planet Earth before the rapture takes place either. We don't. So, can prayer change the dynamic of our culture and society? Yes, it can. That's the answer. It can. Because there's nothing to precede the return of Christ in the middle of the air. There is no signs to precede that. There are signs preceding the second coming. And it's Mm -hmm. laid out. Pretty extensively mm-hmm. and pretty accurately. And w- there's no, you don't have to wonder about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to be what it says it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But we do not have to live in a culture or a society that is godless and reprobate just because of the times yeah. we're living in. There's nothing in the word mm-hmm. that says that. We have a few comments here on YouTube. Mike Reitzel. Uh,
1: he's, he writes, Our God interrupted the natural course of a marriage ceremony for his plan of salvation, then compared the same marriage ceremony to his second coming. That's why we must walk in faith. He also said Christ's prophetic message was that prayer works.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We
1: well, Shan joins us again, he says... If we are in the millennium now, surely Satan must be on a long leash.
0: (laughs) That's the truth. (laughs) His chain is long. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. (laughs) But you know what? Isn't it interesting that we're getting comments about this, Alan? Because basically what we're saying is that going into 2024, with all that is happening, what is it that we should be doing we should be praying. And I think there needs to be a concentrated effort from the people of God in that regards. Jesus said his house would be called the house of prayer. It's become a lot of things. And, you know, maybe that's time for another podcast. But it's become a lot of entertainment. It's become a lot of preaching. hmm
2: hmm
0: But his house wasn't to be called the house of preaching. It was to be called the house of prayer. Mm-hmm. You've, you have personal experience with this. If you get the right speaker. Mm-hmm. You can get thousands of people to show up. You can announce that we're going to talk to the Lord. Very few will
2: show up. No, but the main one will. Yeah, he will. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying the people of God don't put a premium on it like they should. I think it comes into, Jeff, I don't know that we i will to speak for myself. I don't know that I have a relationship with Jesus like I think I do. I think I know Jesus. I know what I know about Jesus. But for sure, there's more, a lot more to know about him than I know now. I think I'm leaving a lot of benefits of the relationship that we have with Christ. I think we're leaving a lot of them on the table. And I think in 2024, we're going to need to know Jesus more because where we're headed, we're going to need to know more about him. You know, I, I know him. I know him fairly good enough to be born again, to hear his voice a little bit every now and then. But this is a thought. I can't see God. I can't see him. I can't see Jesus. But think about this a moment. He can see me. So if he can see me and see what's in front of me for my life, do you not think he would be the best one to direct me, to direct my path? I can't see him. Like I'm going to tell him what to do. But he can see me. So for sure he needs to be telling me what to do. And I think in 2024 we're going to need to be in such a relationship with him we can hear his voice. He says, Alan, go left, go right. Alan, talk to this person. Alan, hush. Whatever. I believe, Jeff, that we can know his voice better than we know it now. And I can't see him, but he can see me. And to me, that's an incredible thought to have. And we can understand why we need to be paying attention to it. To pay attention, and we do need to pay attention to the Word of God. I do believe, though, you can take a verse even out of context. It's happened to me personally. I can't theologically give you the right reason, but I've taken, I've had Scripture verses taken out of context, and it still speak to me. How in the world that works, I don't know. And, and maybe I'm off in my head, but I, I'd swear up and down it's the Lord speaking to me until giving me direction or whatever, because I just believe God is that sovereign. God, if he wants to pull it, he can pull it. I believe where we're heading 24, we need to be able to hear the voice of the Lord more because he can see what's in front of us. We can't, but he can And I think he has our well-being in mind when he directs our path. I agree with that. I think that from an individual basis, Mm -hmm.
0: that's how we approach 24, Mm-hmm. I think, from a corporate basis, how we approach twenty four is that there needs to be a call to prayer.
2: Totally agree. I, I totally think. Agree. I think
0: that. And of course, to, that's
2: what happens during prayer. Was yeah. I guess what I was alluding. Yeah. to. Yeah,
0: it does. It changes hear, us. Well, prayer hear, changes us, I mean, not just
2: things. Prayer is a hopefully a two way conversation.
0: You, you can't. You cannot go into prayer. Mm-hmm. I, I dare anybody to do this. Be angry, and then spend a season of time in prayer you mm-hmm. cannot hold on to your anger mm-hmm. and talk to the lord at the same time if there is if there's genuinely you've
2: genuinely been born again and you and you're trying to follow Christ. i've been pretty upset talking to him a time or two i don't know if he was on the other end <laughs> <But> <laughs> I,
0: I do think that corporately there needs to be a call to prayer and i, I say that based off and i don't want to well, beat agree. a dead horse but with the mike bickle situation i think that local assemblies everywhere is going going to need to pick up that mantle of serious prayer serious and, prayer. and believe mm-hmm. that prayer can change things on earth mm-hmm. i believe that and i think that that's I what agree. we need to enter into cor- as a corporate thing individually i believe you're right the only true path forward is to hear the voice of god and trust and that's in prayer is what I yeah. was
2: kind of my plan. And
0: I got to say I mean I've experienced in the last couple of years myself especially this has been the hardest
2: yeah. 3 years. Uh, mm-hmm. been pretty tough. It's been tough. It's it's been And you had on. to make some decisions. I had to make some based off yeah. of hearing his voice.
0: And yeah. And that from the physical appearance would appear wrong. we mm-hmm. We've talked but about But I still it. maintain that I heard the voice of God in that's it. and right. I can't I you gotta, can't You got to stay there. I can't go nowhere else mm-hmm. but there. So I don't know what landmines or pitfalls that God was navigating in my own life by telling me to do some, some
2: things that I quite honestly normally wouldn't have done. There's no way. Um, you, I mean, I know you. You followed. Or you, people are probably ask us, all right, how can you know it's the voice of God? The way you know it's the voice of God is you'll have a particular peace that you don't have otherwise. That's
0: exactly right. It, and that's, what, that's what we call Without the peace a of God. So,
2: if you make a decision, the, and I'll tell him if it's okay. Yeah. One of the decisions Jeff had to make was to take chemo or not. Yeah. Everybody's telling him, "Don't take it, Jeff." Don't da 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 da. Then one day Jeff comes and said, "Alan, the Lord's telling me to take it." Yeah, I said, "He is." Now you got to understand something. That's not Jeff Rowland. That's not me. My- that is not <laughs> Jeff Rowland. I'm not taking anything. Da 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 da. Then I've got to listen to it. He says, "Alan, I've got peace about it." Yeah, the Lord's told me to do it. Yeah. And and now today, he's sitting here and has uropathy neuropathy in his hands and his feet, yeah. certain levels it comes and goes. And uh, we're trusting God, though, to heal him of that. But he's also sitting here, as far as we cancer-free, I believe. Yeah. And uh, and that uh, was
0: on the first, first time. Yeah, it was the first he's had He's had two rounds of it. Now. I've had
2: two and, rounds, and, and I've had two surgeries. Had two surgeries. And, 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 uh, and last time, yeah. they got a five-gallon bucket of chemo, and just when they opened him up, they just <laughs> poured her in there. And just threw her in <laughs> <laughs> he said we're gonna give you one big dose and uh he had to come to a place he had to ask god or jeff wasn't gonna do any of it and uh he's not one that'll do it just because you say it he's a little hard-headed in that area and uh so (laughs) i can't believe you said well i mean i hate to reveal all of your underwear but (laughs) uh, but anyway so but you did get to a place. my point is you said alan I've got peace about this. Yeah. And so now, since then, you've had uropathy of some in your hands, feet, yada, yada, yada. And we're saying, do you reckon that was all right? But the yeah. problem is, the very moment you were saying, you, one, the very moment you're questioning that, you still have the same peace. I had peace, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Exactly. So, That's exactly right. How can we know we're hearing the voice of God as you have the peace? You've got peace. You've got extreme peace. The Bible says it'll actually pass all understanding. That's
0: that's right. My point is, (laughs) then you're going to face things you're not going to understand. You're
2: not (laughs) going to understand. Which is why the peace of God passes understanding. So in 24, I think the peace of knowing God's voice, having the peace of God when He gives it to us. And the reason I think the peace of God is the issue of knowing the voice of God was if you remember the story of Jesus on the boat and uh, he had the disciples with him and they were actually being pushed out into the sea there and they got on the boat because they were being pushed out and pushed out from the shore a little bit and he still kept preaching. And then they, they actually, after he stopped, he said, let's go to Capernaum across mm-hmm. the other side of the, of the sea there. And as they pushed off that night, they were going to the other side, and there's this big storm came up. And during this storm, it said that water was coming over the side of the boat. The disciples thought, we're, we're going to die. And there Jesus was sitting, it says, on the bow, on a pillow, asleep. And so the disciples got very upset. They said, Jesus, are you going to sleep and let us die? Now, think about that thing. They were calling God. They were telling God he was being negligent. So it's obvious they didn't really know all of who Jesus really was. Now, Jesus got up from there and calmed the storms, it said. Mm -hmm. And then it says they were in amazement. Who is this man that calms the storm? That proves to us that they They didn't didn't fully know know who Jesus was. Absolutely not. If if you know what I'm saying. Now, here, Jesus was trying to teach them a lesson. They were looking for the power of Jesus And Jesus was trying to show them, all you need is my presence. Mm. Now, today's church and as Christians, we're looking for the power of God. And Jesus was teaching his disciples, all you need is the presence. And so we seek power instead of the presence. Now, I submit to you based off of that story. Does it mean if we seek the presence of God, the power's there with him all along? Of course it is. Yeah. But we're seeking the wrong thing, is my point. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what causes, there's a difference. If Jesus, I'm sure they had a level of fear. The Bible says they did. They had a level of fear. And when he calmed the storm, that their fear went down. That was like an adrenaline rush. They had They had bad fear, not a yeah. good fear. Mm-hmm. But Jesus' point was, you cannot have the fear and the storm be raging. Absolutely. That's a big deal, Jeff. That's a huge deal. That's a huge deal. He was saying, you don't have to have the fear. I'm here. When you're in touch with the presence of God, my point, when you're in touch with the presence of God, you'll have the peace of God because you're fully aware that he's there with you. That's right. Now, you can say, and we prayed that God would heal you of cancer and Mm -hmm. all the above. Yeah. But what I believe the Lord was after was you to tell him that you've got the peace of God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think the peace of God was more important than the, the God of all miracles that could calm the storm. Yeah. And you identified with the peace of God. Now, to me, that's huge. To me, yeah. that is the issue of the whole, whole event. Yeah. So I pray in 24 that the church of God will seek the presence of God more than the power of God. I, I, I mean, agree. just understanding the power comes with it, of course, but that we'll truly seek the presence of God. Yeah, And, Jeff, you know well as I do and Jason that we can be around the presence of God and the presence of God, you know, for some reason you'll just start crying. Yeah. You don't really know why you're crying. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You you almost feel female for a minute. <laughs> I don't know why I'm crying, I'm just crying. Maybe that's what it is. They're feeling the presence of God. No, but no, you know what I'm saying? It just it just makes you feel you can feel the presence of God. And I pray that the Church of Jesus Christ in twenty four will be able to recognize the presence of God more than we ever have. Yeah. Right. And that we'll quit trying to seek his power. Will seek His presence, understanding that He just wants us to seek Him. And as we seek Him, He's still in. He's here with us in the storm. But if we start having fear and fall apart, so I'm saying all that to say, I don't think we're supposed to have fear of twenty four. I mean, it's going to be some oh, no, rough no. storms. No, we're not supposed. But to But I, I think of fear because see, yeah. Jesus also went on to say. And correct me if I'm wrong, but Jesus went on to say, "Why do you have not have any faith?" He yeah. said. Yeah. He said you. You have no faith. You have little faith. Where is your faith? Mm -hmm. He coupled what you have no faith with you have fear. So the opposite of faith is not unbelief. The opposite of faith is fear. And so when we feel this fear, we're feeling is truly the lack of faith. We're not having faith that he's here with us. And I think the church of Jesus Christ is going to have to become aware in 24 because of the great storms that I think are coming. I think we're going to need the peace of God. Which you, I think the peace of God is the knowledge of understanding that you're hearing the voice of God. And yep. I think that's huge. That's just me. Yeah. I do too. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That's what I think we need in 24: it's a good story, is to run after the presence of God. Good deal. And uh, that will bring us the peace of God when the storm's raging. Absolutely. What could be better than having the peace of God with no fear? Absolutely. Just, that's where we need
1: to that's be. That's it. Amen. All right. And, and really, if you if you have any doubt and you're really struggling hearing the
2: voice of God, come hear our voice. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, there you go. He just can't help it, Jeff. What are we going to do about this youngin'? Hey, He's we, one of your elders. I'm just <laughs> pulling <pointing> him <it> out. <laughs> I'm just pulling I'm going to mute Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Hey, That's man. our story. Yes, sir. All right,
0: Jeff, you want to pray for us? Lord, we love you. Thank you for grace. For mercy and for peace. Thank you for your voice. And Lord, we do pray that in the coming year that we hear your voice more clearly. And Lord, I'm praying that you'll call people in congregations everywhere to prayer. Amen. Yes. Call them to prayer. Call them to prayer. And I pray that your house will be a house of prayer. Amen. And that it'll be prioritized among the people because through prayer, they can learn to hear your voice. That's right. And maybe it'll equip us for what is ahead. And Lord, if it be so, raise up from among your people a remnant this year that will praise you regardless of what they see with their natural eyes. That's right. And let them enter into your presence. Yes, Lord. And we'll give you praise for all you do. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. See you guys next week. See you, man. Thank you for joining today's Smith & Rowland Show. You can check out our website at kingdompropheticsociety.org and our daily unplugged podcast at smithandrowlandshow.podbean.com. You can also join us on Amazon, Apple, or Spotify.